special edition of our show, Herstory, on the rocks, with Katie and Allie. Normally, it'd just be Allie and I hanging out with a couple of cocktails, talking about famous women in history, but sometimes we like to talk to people who are writing about history or just writing really cool books. <laughs> we have a very special guest here with us today, Allie Hazelwood. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Allie is a neuroscientist, TikToker, and New York Times bestselling novelist, and she is here to talk about her book, Love on the Brain. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, my name is Ali, like you said. Uh, 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 yeah, so like, I feel like you said the, the most important things. Um, I have two cats uh, on top of what you said. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, I am a neuroscientist, but what I've been doing in the last um, year or so is mostly writing. I write rom-com novels. Um, my first book was uh, The Love Hypothesis, which came out exactly a year ago, actually. Um, and that was my debut novel. And then my second book, just came out um it's called love on the brain um yeah and that's that's it really i i feel like i have not not very many exciting things to say <laughs> yeah, I think it's plenty exciting that's more than we do yeah <laughs> perfect well before we get into your book we have a cocktail that we made for it um so this is obviously called love on the brain so it is a funny mixture but we kind of figured this is a Start about two different people coming together. So why don't we mix a whole bunch of things together? <laughs> so it is fireball cinnamon whiskey, coconut simple syrup, and green apple liqueur all shaken together. So cheers to your book. What? That sounds amazing. Really good. <laughs> it actually is. Mm. Yeah, we're I am here with my off-brand Lacroix. So <laughs> I am so jealous. <laughs> Perfect. So let's get into this book. It's called Love on the Brain. It's a rom-com story about a scientist, a neuroscientist, and but we want to make sure people get a feeling for the setting of this book. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, where and when this book takes place? Um, the book takes place um, at the Johnson Space Center uh, in Houston. That's like the, I think it's the main uh, NASA campus in, in Texas. Um, and that's where a lot of NASA and like astronaut research takes place. My understanding is that it's mostly there and in California that um, all of these really cool, uh, you know, space uh, super cool stuff happens <laughs> and um yeah the 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 book is about you know this neuroscientist and this engineer and they have kind of a little bit of a rocky past but they are chosen to uh co-lead a very important project at nasa and so you know he lives in houston already and she has to move with her research assistant to houston to collaborate with him so yeah it's uh, um uh, it, it's at the it's at the Johnson Space Center, uh, which is you know it's such a like huge sprawling campus. You have you know the NASA buildings, uh, which is where everything happens. But there's also like a museum. There's a bunch of like uh, former like rockets and and uh, things that like you know were in space mm -hmm. and that cannot be used anymore. They're like just like laying around, <laughs> 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 which I think is the coolest thing ever. I um. I, I just, um, I love it. It's it's a little bit like an amusement park. I mean, I know that's not what it is at all, but like the feeling, like the sense of wonder, I, I feel like that's that's what it is like. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is like the Houston and like Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. This is perfect. It kind of sounds like a rom-com set in like adult science camp. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, I love it too. I love this is this is how I'm gonna pitch it from now on. Yeah. <laughs> so your previous book, like you said, was the love hypothesis. And now we're love on the brain. Why is it important to you to write these like Steminist love novels? You know, um, I think it's not as much that it's important to me, but more that it's kind of my experience. Um, my, I feel like most of my life has been in academia and uh, um, in STEM academia. And I have been a woman in STEM for quite a while now. And um, so it's it's really more about writing something that I feel like I know and that I can, um, you know, make jokes about and make fun of and kind of like, you know, talk about certain aspects of it uh, based on my own experience. Um, I, I'm super happy when, you know, other women in STEM come to me and they say, or like, I'm, I'm in grad school um, and what you wrote really resonated with me. And like, it's very similar to my own experience. That is amazing. And I love it. But I, I definitely don't know that I am um, speaking for all of them, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, it's really just just what I know, kind of. And uh, I, you know, write what you know, that's what's easiest. Yeah. So that's what I do. <laughs> And can you tell us a little bit about the main character, B? You know, how is she finding herself in this world? Which I guess is really, you know, how are you finding yourself in this world that (laughs) seems to be kind of male-dominated? And, you know, how is she doing in this new career path? You know, I think B is very much someone who has had a bit of a rough life. Mm -hmm. So she... Um, she has a twin sister and she, um, B and her twin sister, um, are orphans and they've kind of been shuffled around for their entire lives. I think B has had a lot of issues, um, kind of, uh, uh, making connections with people and, uh, forming lasting relationships. She has made some attempts, but it kind of didn't work out because, you know, her ex was kind of a dick or because, you know, she was moving around so much that she wasn't able to stay in a place long enough to to form, you know, a deeper connection with with friends, with family. And I I think she is just trying to, like, understand the world somehow. And it's like, why am I different from the people around me? Like, why why can't I form a connection? And I think that's kind of why she's interested in the brain. Um, She's like, I I just kind of want to know more about myself and about others. And I feel like studying the brain might be a good way to understand myself and my relationships with others. I, I think that's what, um, that's why she's, she's into neuroscience. Um, And, uh, she as actually she's a postdoctoral fellow at NIH so she she usually lives in Maryland but um she is chosen for this very competitive project and she is super excited about it but oh especially because she knows that her career is a little bit um uh you know kind of struggling you know she she hasn't gotten the number of grants that she was expected to get by now there have been a kind of like setbacks uh, for her so she really needs this project to work out mm-hmm. um so yeah i would say that at the beginning of uh, of the book b is like she's determined to make this work uh, no matter what happens 
And that's interesting going from the NIH, my husband used to work at the NIH, but then to a NASA neuroscience, there seems to be a lot of men working in the field. So to be to be a co-leader on a project, mm-hmm. what like road bumps does she hit in this book to have to be like assert her own dominance? Right. So, so many in the sense that, and, and I think it's something that a lot of women in STEM uh, encounter. So it, it really goes from like relatively minor things that are still really hurtful. Like for example, she's the only neuroscientist in the room and yet everyone acts like they know the brain better than <laughs> than she does. So like this idea that someone who took one class in undergrad about that same subject that she has a PhD in uh, acts like they might they could they think that they could know better than her mm-hmm. um so it's like you know i, I want to say relatively minor it's not necessarily minor when you're in that experience you really feel it strongly i think but um you know that's that's you know I, I, something that i think a lot of women in stem kind of learn to deal with but um and then it goes from like much bigger things like feeling like she is in danger because she is the only woman in the room or because uh, there are people around her who are sabotaging the 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 uh, project so yeah there, there's like a whole variety of horrible things that happen to her in the book <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what's up with like uh, there's just this feeling of uh, i really like to put my character in a horrible situation yeah. and see what they do. <laughs> well, and is she also feeling othered at being specifically a neuroscientist in this world? Because I would imagine she's just around a bunch of, I guess you'd call them astrophysicists. Again, I don't really yeah, know about I it. Mean, but I, I would say most of them are probably engineer, but engineers, yeah. but yeah, no, mm-hmm. totally. I, I definitely think she is... Uh, you know, I, I think it's other in being the only neuroscience for, neuroscientist for her, but it's also a really cool thing because mm-hmm. she is, uh, you know, the one who brings uh, that piece of knowledge. And once she starts having a better relationship with Levi, so at the beginning of the book, Levi and B are not having the best <laughs> relationships, but, you know, pretty early on, they realize that they are on the same site and they really want the same thing. They want the project to happen. And so they kind of um, realize that like they need to collaborate because what she brings to the project, no one else can bring. And what he brings to the project, no one else can bring. And I think after that, when she is uh, working with someone who is uh, respectful and someone who actually values her input and her knowledge, I think after that it becomes uh, like a, a cool thing. Mm. But yeah, I think you're totally right. It can it can really be othering and it can be isolating. Uh, being the only expert in a certain area, definitely. Yeah. In terms of writing a rom-com, I always find it unbelievable when I'm reading them that you can make. Uh, a relationship so believable and yet make the guy so dreamy and the couple so dreamy. How, how do you find yourself doing that? It's so, I, I think it's, it's hard. I, I think I, I don't, you know, it's such an interesting question. I think when I write, I don't necessarily try to make it believable. I think I try to make it relatable. Um, to me, when I read a rom-com, it's more about wishful thinking and uh, 
wish fulfillment than anything else Mm -hmm. so yeah I I think uh definitely guys like the ones that we around compradors right don't really exist but also uh you know I mean yeah I guess maybe maybe we want a little bit more layered but um you know everyone screws up and a lot of time the guys in rom-coms are you know even if they are jerks, sometimes they either grovel in a way that is like uh, fantastic and <laughs> you kind of have to forgive them or they look like they're jerks, but then it was all a misunderstanding and in truth, they are amazing. And I don't know that guys like that actually exist, <laughs> <laughs> but I am, I still love reading it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, because this book kind of takes place in this very heavily scientific world. Um, Did you have to really choose how you phrase certain things? Because maybe the regular audience uh, wouldn't know some of the scientific terms. Like, did you find that was a bit of a struggle? My my editor helps me a lot with that. Um, She's kind of the one who's like, this is not going to translate to Mm -hmm. a lay audience or, um, you know, can you can you like throw in a line to explain what this is can you say this with another in another way um so usually i rely a lot on my editor for stuff like that because it's hard for me to say what translates to the general public and what doesn't mm-hmm. especially when it comes to neuroscience because that is my background as well um i the book that i just finished writing uh, well that i just finished editing that was about physics and i myself am, i'm not a physicist so for that, I myself had to like research a lot. And then, you know, I I feel like if it's something that I don't know myself very well, then I'm going to try to phrase it in a simple way because uh, I myself will only understand it if it's very, very simple. Mm-hmm. But um, for neuroscience, I definitely needed it. My editor's help in like, what is too hard? What isn't? Mm-hmm. And what do you want people to relate to when they're reading this? Obviously, this is a woman who's moving halfway across the country for her job, which is something you did in your life. You moved for PhD studies, so, or at least I've read that online. <laughs> no, it's true. I have. Yeah. <laughs> so what is like, what do you want people to relate to with B? You know, I think, I think I just hope... I think she's someone who's very scared of taking a chance on, on, on something that is very um, fulfilling to her. Like she, she is all in when it comes to her career, but she really is struggling when it comes to, you know, romantic relationships. She wants to have a family. She having a family and like kind of settling down has always been her dream, but she hasn't, met the right person and whenever she thought that she had met the right person it kind of like all crumbled down and nothing worked out so it's very scary for her to accept that the person that she meets Levi is going to be there for her mm-hmm. and uh, I I really I kind of really just like the idea of people saying oh she was brave and she managed to do that and I can do that too maybe um, I think for me, that's, that's what was the most inspiring. The fact that like her arc goes from being absolutely closed off and not believing in love and not believing in anything except her own hard work, uh, to, Hey, maybe this, this can work out, maybe this can work out and we can, you know, be together and be happy. Mm-hmm. 
I also like it because, you know, as you said before, B is a person who has gone through a lot of hardship. She's an orphan. You know, she hasn't had the easiest life. She looks a little different from uh, you know a lot of other women. Uh, she is very, you know, independent, it seems. And was it important for you to also portray a woman who didn't come from like your typical background of like getting into the best schools and like, you know, having this kind of um, easier path into it that some people mm-hmm. may have, you know, her being just like a little different. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's, she definitely has uh, um, a way of getting to where she is right now. Like it's like you said, you know, she doesn't, she didn't have a stable life. Uh, um, so I doubt that like she was, you know, taking the SATs and then getting into an IV and then, you know, on and on. Like she definitely, I, I feel like her way of getting, uh, um to to where she is right now to her postdoc was uh, um was a little bit different and uh i like the idea of her feeling like someone who didn't have anything kind of like just given to her and served to her on like a golden platter like oh yeah this is here here is your future and of her being someone who had to kind of fight for it mm. Yeah. Cause I mean, I have a friend who was like a high school dropout and now actually works for NASA. So like, it's really That's cool amazing. like people who really did do that kind of stuff, you know, kind yeah. of reflected in the literature about it. Cause you just don't get those kind of characters a lot, which I like. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you have to do, um, like research on NASA or are you close by in terms of Houston? I'm not, I'm actually, it's funny because I'm moving to Texas, right? Like in two weeks, uh, okay. but I'm not, and uh, um, I've never been actually. I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was writing the book in 2020, which was like the pandemic in the middle of the summer. So, um, yeah, I really wanted to go there and to be there. I wish I could have been there. I watched so many YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just truly felt like I was in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but no, like it, it's actually one of my things, like once we move to Texas, once we're there on my list, it's, I 100% want to know everything about Houston yeah. and like see <laughs> the NASA campus because it looks like such an amazing place. Mm-hmm. And did you have to do any further research on like kind of the NASA side of it, like the engineering part of it, just because it's not your field to like kind of make it seem you know, realistic and also not to have engineers read the book and like yell at you. About <laughs> I am terrified of that. Yeah. So if you like, if you're in the book, you'll notice that I go way more into depth when it comes to the neuroscience than when it comes to the engineering part of it. Because, <laughs> And I tell myself that it's because the book is mostly from B's point of view. But the truth is that I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> if it had been from Levi's point of view, mm-hmm. um, it definitely ended up being a whole, uh, um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guessing in it, I yeah. must say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can you tell people where they can find this book, where they can get it, where they can find you online, on TikTok? You're like a TikTok star. I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have to be honest. Like I, most of the, like, it's true that especially my first book had so many TikToks going viral, but the truth is that I didn't make those TikToks. So you can follow me on TikTok at Ali Hazelwood, but I, I don't make a whole lot of TikToks, mm-hmm. uh, but 
book talk is amazing and uh, the the book talkers are amazing and uh, they make the best tiktoks and they're fantastic <laughs> even when like they didn't like my book i still love the tiktoks yeah. <laughs> they're just like, hilarious <laughs> they're hilarious um so i am mostly on instagram uh these days at ali hazelwood um and uh I have a website that I don't update very much, but I will update soon because I must. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's it. And the book, you can find it. I'm assuming pretty much every library. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, I hope. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, I think in, in like in stores, pretty much wherever they sell books, like, um, you know, in these, in the bookstores, I would, you know, encourage people to support them if you want to buy the book, uh, just because in the in the booksellers are the best. Mm. But um, I think pretty much everywhere. Um, but I also don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I I don't know. I um, I I weirdly like. I am excited to see my book in the wild, but then I also like, oh my god, I cannot be perceived. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I try not to think about it too much. Yeah, sure. Well, if I see it in the wild, I'll take a picture and post it. <laughs> so you can thank you. <laughs> thank well, you. thank you so much. This has been such a blast, and it's going to be such a great read for anyone just looking for a really fun, but also not overwhelmingly scientific. I, I think anybody can read this, oh, you know, yeah. kind of book. So oh, yeah. it's really wonderful, uh, and we can't wait to see what you write next. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. to her story on the rocks we are independently produced by 1986 entertainment and proudly recorded in baltimore maryland if there's a woman in history you would like us to cover you can email us at herstoryontherocks at gmail.com you can also message us on twitter or instagram we post all of our cocktail recipes on tuesdays so that you can go get all the supplies you need and drink along with us see you next week bye